Hey, hey, Memphis, welcome to the weekend. Well, that one got weird. Welcome to Friday, and welcome to Memphis Flyer Radio. My name is Toby Sells. I am a reporter with the Memphis Flyer and the host of this here radio show that is recorded, mixed, mastered, and sunbaked for you this week right down here at Flyer Headquarters on beautiful Cotton Road downtown. We are beamed into the sky and into your radio from the center of the universe, Crosstown Concourse, and its WYXR radio station at 91.7 FM. Thank you to all the good folks over there making great community radio happen. Now, if you haven't already, consider a donation to the station over at WYXR.org. This show comes to you, of course, from the people and the pages of the Memphis Flyer. We are your Alternative News Weekly, based right here in good old Memphis, Tennessee, USA. And if you like what we do, please consider joining our Frequent Flyer Club. That's where you can support, and that's where you can support local and alternative journalism right here in your hometown. More details on all of that over at memphisflyer.com. This week's cover is all about burgers. It is Memphis Flyer Burger Week, I am happy to tell you. Ten restaurants all over town are offering up special deals, $6.99 for a burger, and some special burgers made just for this week. To get ready for Burger Week, our intrepid reporters fanned out to all of our Burger Week restaurants and tried a little something-something to give you a taste of what you can expect. We'll have some of our reviews for you later in the show. And we do have a great show for you today. Chris McCoy, our film and TV editor, talks about The Gray Man. That's that new Netflix movie starring our little buddy Ryan Gosling. And the movie only cost $200 million to make, and it has a Memphis connection. You want to hear about that. Chris and I will also talk about why there's just so much Guns N' Roses in the new Thor movie. Bruce Van Weingarten talks about education. He talks about why teachers matter, and he talks about why... And he talks about Bill Lee's big gaffe with his big buddy Larry Arn from those Hillsdale schools. We'll have the news and the Memronet, of course. And we'll have some choice cuts from our calendar, the finest events calendar in all of Memphiana, to help you get your weekend together. All right, that is it, folks. Here we go. Going to start this show just like we do each and every week with a look down the streets of the member net. Now, y'all know that is Memphis on the internet. The first one, Jimmy the Kid, Jimbo Mathis, the solo artist, Squirrel Nut Zipper, and one-time Memphian had fun at the Memphis International Airport last week. He posted a short video of himself passing by the Funhouse mirrors at the airport's children's area with the caption, Wow, airline travel has gotten really weird these days. You'll have to go and check that out. Melting Mount Mariah, Memphis Magazine historian Vance Lauderdale reported on Facebook last week that, quote, it's been so miserably hot this week that for the first time in Memphis history, the snow has completely melted from the majestic peaks of Mount Moriah. All right, War of the Roses. If you can't make it to the War of the Roses, now that's the Atomic Roses drag competition, you can watch it all on YouTube. The show is in its fourth season in which, quote, nine new roses enter the garden for performance and runway competitions and the winner walks away with $3,000 in cash prizes. Check out War of the Roses over on YouTube. 
Having a look at some news here. A new Only in Memphis certification will be given to staffing agencies for fairness and equity. It's the first concrete result from the Greater Memphis Chambers program called From Protest to Progress. That program brought together about 50 Memphis activists, clergy members, and business leaders 10 days after the city's first protest of the public killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis in 2020. The new Gold Standard certification is a direct response from the group concerned with staffing agencies, the chamber said. It also addresses concerns about equitable hiring practices and fair treatment of people finding work through staffing agencies. The Tennessee Valley Authority, the TVA, issued one of the nation's largest requests for carbon-free power last week. TVA is asking for proposals from companies for 5,000 megawatts of carbon-free energy that must be operational by 2029. Those proposals can include solar, wind, hydro, geothermal, biomass, nuclear, green grass, and battery energy storage systems, or hybrids of all of them. The TVA called the request one of the largest clean energy procurement requests in the nation. The Memphis Zoo welcomed a new elephant to its herd last week. Costi came to the zoo after spending most of her life with a private owner. The zoo will be Costi's, quote, retirement destination, according to the zoo. They said so far, Costi has proven to be intelligent, socially appropriate, and has really enjoyed her mud wallow and watermelons. Now, I did something a little bit different last week. I wrote the letter from the editor column. As you might know, our editor, Jesse Davis, has taken another job. We're in between editors right now, and as we search for a new one, some of the responsibilities of the editor has been divvied up among the rest of the Flyer staff. One of those jobs is to write the letter from the editor column. This week it fell to me, but as I say in my column, I've been a reporter for a really long time. Reporters don't have opinions, and I learn better than I opine anyway. So in my column this week, I tell you that I have really dumb opinions, and usually some information is what cures my dumb opinions, and this week was no different. My dumb opinion this week was that the Webb Space Telescope was uh, cost too much money. It was $10 billion, and I thought, man, we could have spent that money somewhere else instead of looking back at a galaxy from a billion years ago. So what I did was uh, I tried to educate myself, and so I talked with Jeremy Velvin. He is the president of the Memphis Astronomical Society, and here's how it went. What's the Webb Telescope going to to do for us? It's going to answer a lot of questions that I think have been on the minds of scientists, astronomers, and the layperson for many years. Not only the origins and evolutions of the first galaxies and stars in our universe, as well as the composition of atmospheres around distant exoplanets to see if they could possibly be habitable. But I think what's more exciting is it could possibly answer questions that we haven't even thought of yet. And I'll give you one example as we wrap up here. 30 years ago when Hubble was launched, we knew that the universe was expanding, going all the way back to the late 1920s and Edwin Hubble, but we didn't know if the universe was going to expand forever or maybe slow down and contract back on itself. And again, we're talking cosmic timescales here. What came out of the Hubble Space Telescope is that we discovered that the universe is not only expanding, but it's accelerating in its rate of expansion completely counterintuitive. We live in an an expanding, accelerating universe. And that was something that scientists did not even expect. And it came out of research from Hubble. So what I think is exciting to me is that in the next 25 to 30 years, James Webb could possibly answer questions that we haven't even thought of yet. 
Fantastic. And then just that other last one is, uh, what would you say to people who say that $11 billion is a lot of money to, to spend on something like this that might not have, uh, you know, everyday applicable uses? It's a legitimate question. But what I would say is that what's going to come out of that $11 billion is years and possibly decades of research that will not only help answer questions about the cosmos and our place within the universe and our significance, but also stimulate a lot of curiosity and ultimately wonder. And as the great uh, Greek philosopher Socrates said in, in antiquity, wonder is the beginning of wisdom. So when you have young people especially seeing this and getting exposed to it, there could be somebody similar to the way I was when I was a young person. Um, seeing these discoveries, wondering, having curiosity come out of it, and then putting them on a linear path to do work, to do research, to pursue a career path, to avoid anything toxic, whether it's drugs or alcohol or anything that could be destructive out of a sheer desire and purpose to want to work hard, get educated, become a functional member of society, and possibly pursue a career in the sciences and maybe you know be instrumental in working on the next generation of technology whether it's a another james webb that comes up later down the road or some other field of science and then there, there are breakthrough discoveries that happen that way so the wonder and the curiosity has a tangible societal benefit of influencing young people to make smart and wise decisions when they're young to become functional members of society when they get older Bruce Van Weingarten, he is our at-large columnist in the Memphis Fly. Bruce, say hello. Hey there, Toby. How are you? Great. Thanks for being back. It's been a while since we've had you on the show. Glad to have you. This week, your column is called Money for Nothing, the private destruction of our public schools. Tell me what you think. As usual, I riff on something personal because I like to make everything about me at first and then move on to less important things. But uh, I wrote, recounted how my high school English teacher, who I had for two years, basically saw me and saw some potential in me that I didn't see and encouraged me to write and push me in that direction. And I didn't realize until later that she had basically seen me and said, I'm, this guy can write, I'm going to make sure he, he knows that. And I thank her for that. Mrs. Bailey was her name. And basically saying that teachers are one of the most valuable things in our society. And unlike our governor, Bill Lee, who as most people know by now, sat around and listened to the Hillsdale Academy president, Mr. Arn, A-R-N, I believe it's spelled. That's right. Larry Arn. He gave a talk that Bill sat on the stage with him while he gave it, and he went in such things as, he said this, teachers are trained in the dumbest parts of the dumbest colleges in the country. We're going to demonstrate that you don't have to be an expert to educate a child because basically anyone can do it. It's pretty outrageous stuff. It was unbelievable. And Yes. And what was even more unbelievable is that Bill just sat there grinning like a chump, as I wrote, just, hey, Bill, that's great. And Larry was up there saying, this man might be vice president someday and just blowing smoke up his butt. This tape got out and basically teachers and school boards and administrators around the state were not amused that Bill sat there and listened to this crap and didn't say a word. 
demanded that he repudiate it, and he wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do he it. sent out a, a boilerplate statement saying, I'm a real fan of teachers, blah, 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 but wouldn't repudiate Arn because he's... I don't know. There's got to be some kind of money going on there. Anyway, I, I don't know. Forth. Like, I don't know what the, what kind of political capital this guy has, or if he knows he where the bodies something. are buried. But yeah, people love this guy. That was a bad moment for Bill Lee. Yeah, and then to compound it, he goes off to Florida to hang out with Ron DeSantis, and Ron is doing the very same thing. He's trying to get Hillsdale implemented in Florida, and Lee. What I'm reading, obviously various websites is he's got his sights on being DeSantis' vice presidential running mate. Okay. So they're in bed together with this Hillsdale guy. And anyway, it all the good news is, which I wrote, is that a lot of Republican legislators are saying that Hillsdale is not going to get any money out of the state because of this. That's right. Which is a good thing. I think it's interesting that in this era of Republicans not ever being able to go too far on anything, they can say whatever they like. This was Bill Lee's, I think, his first real political gaffe. The, that statement that came out, you just can't believe it. There's no way any Republican, especially Bill Lee, is going to say, I made a mistake and I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, but if he had done that and repudiated this guy, this would all be over. But then, of course, he wouldn't have this guy in his back pocket. Yep. You wouldn't be able to grease him into the state voucher system, and, and there's probably some payback there as well. That's right. And I'm not trying to keep you forever, but I think it opens an interesting thing. We've got the school voucher program now. I think you said it's $7,000. It is um, per family, yeah. but it's also just limited to Shelby County and Davidson County because the rural legislators that rule the state didn't want to screw up their own public school systems. Jeez. So they said, we can screw over the big cities, and so now... in in our county and in Davidson, Nashville's county, these people can throw money at private schools that comes out of the tax fund. It's a joke. I mean, it really is. It should be illegal to, to, I would think, single out two state, two counties and do this. But right. I haven't seen any action in the courts on this, so I, I don't know. I'll take a moment to give my thanks out there to Mrs. Bailey for helping a very young Bruce Van Weingarten get That's started right. in his career as a writer. All right, Bruce Van Weingarten, he writes our at-large column. Thanks so much, Bruce. Thank you, Toby Sells. All right, let's get our calendar out here, see if we can't help find some stuff to help you get your weekend together. Tales by Moonlight. This is Saturday, July 23rd over at Tone from 4 to 7 p.m. It's an exhibition that explores black folklore and spiritualism across the diaspora and how those oral traditions have evolved to survive colonialism. In Tales by Moonlight, artists engage with their own oral traditions, showing the full spectrum of spiritual practices for black folks across the diaspora. The exhibition will feature works from Jessica Gatlin, Denzel Sterling Porter, Anthony George II, and many more. To accompany this exhibition, there will be a mini-library installation that attendees can browse. My Fair Lady opens at the Morpheum Theater next week, beginning Tuesday, July 26, and it runs through the 31st. The play is based on George Bernard Shaw's 1913 play, Pygmalion. My Fair Lady tells the story of Eliza Doolittle, a young cockney flower seller, and Henry Higgins, a linguistics professor who is determined to transform her into his idea of a, quote, proper lady. But who is really being transformed? I guess we'll have to find out. My Fair Lady plays from Tuesday the 26th down to the 31st. Tickets are $29 to $125. For more information, head over to the Orpheum website. Here's a cool one. It's a movie premiere of a movie called Old Ways. This is Malco Studio on the Square on Wednesday from 7 to 9 p.m. Tickets are 10 bucks. 
Old Ways is a gritty crime drama that follows the story of rapper Z-Dog and Tenny Mane as they hustle to realize their dream. Will their problems be solved if they go back to their old ways? The film features an original soundtrack with nine singles from the two rappers. Join Z-Dog and Tenny Mane at their in-person premiere for an advanced screening before the movie becomes available to to stream. There will be a special audience Q&A with the movie's producers and directors after the screening. This is the premiere of the movie Old Ways. It's a Memphis-made movie over at Malco Studio on the Square. This is Wednesday, July 27th from 7 to 9 p.m. Tickets are $10. All right, y'all, there is a ton going on in Memphis this weekend. To find more events, go pick up a copy of The Flyer on the Stand or head over to our website, memphisflyer.com. And if you get bored, it's your own fault. But y'all go out and have a great weekend. Stay safe out there. Chris McCoy is back. He is our film and TV editor this week. You saw a movie called The Gray Man, but I also want to go back and talk Thor, Love and Thunder, which you wrote about last week because it's great, and to put you completely on the spot because we didn't talk about that beforehand. So you're welcome, Chris. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Tobes. (laughs) You are very welcome. So Gray Man, huge, you call it a mega-budget spy thriller, but it has a Memphis connection, and I want to know all about that. Where do you want to start? Yes, The Gray Man costs $200 million the most expensive movie that Netflix has ever produced. It's directed by Anthony and Joe Russo, who are the people who did Avengers Endgame, the biggest movie in film history, box office-wise. And it it stars Chris Evans as the bad guy, not as Captain America, but as a psychopath. Nice. And Ryan Gosling as the good guy, the gray man, Sigma Six is his name, in the film. And... It is based on a book by a Memphian named Mark Greeny, who, yeah, he was a waiter and a bartender in Memphis for years and years. And then he was working on his writing and got The Gray Man published, I believe, in 2009. And it's one of those techno thriller. It's a Sigma Six is a spy Uh who is an independent contractor for the CIA so that he doesn't have to deal with all those pesky human rights and stuff <laughs> and can just kill anybody that, that his capitalist masters want him to. And he has, so he's deniable because he went to jail when he was 15 years old and they, they plucked him out of jail for that particular combination of moral flexibility and complete deniability as well. And as one of the characters says in the movie is, wow, you, so you took a bunch of hardened criminals and gave them the best training in the world and armed them with state-of-the-art weapons, and then what could possibly go wrong? Exactly. He ends up, Six, ends up trying to kill a guy who is another person on his team that he didn't know about, and another Sigma team member, okay. and then he ends up in possession of a chip that has evidence of a whole bunch of war crimes that the CIA committed on behalf of another, of the director, and he, of course, is on the run after that. In true Jason Bourne fashion, sure. we've seen this in Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise. This movie is very formula- formulaic. It's been done before. It's a spy thriller, and but it's actually done really well, and honestly, I have nothing against formula. I have nothing. I will watch any bad sci-fi formula show that you throw at me. Sure. Uh, like it's, so I have nothing against formula. And I always say that all you have to do to get a good review out of me is to get the basics. And this film absolutely does. Okay. The Russos know what they're doing. The acting is fabulous because Ryan Gosling is great. They have him loosened up a little bit. The Russos are really good with actors. 
So that's one of the, their strengths. They started out on Arrested Development, okay. uh, like doing comedy. Uh-huh. And before they ended up doing a Captain American Winter Soldier with Marvel. But yeah, frankly, Captain American Winter Soldier was one of those paranoid spy thrillers like they used to make in the 70s a lot, yep. only with Captain America in it. Okay. So, so you know these guys know how to do this material, yeah. but they've just done it without superheroes and nobody can fly. Which is a tough uh, bore. I don't even know how they get away with that now. Why are we even looking at this stuff? <laughs> no, I, but I shouldn't say that because we got a Memphian who wrote the book. That's and, right. And we, but I am very happy for his success. He ended up taking over for Tom Clancy after Tom Clancy died and doing some Jack Ryan novels. And I know that he's written several other books, five or six other with the Sigma Six as the central character. With any luck, we'll be we'll be seeing this again. If it sounds like you're ball of wax, you like spy movies like that, you like James Bond, you like Mission Impossible, you're absolutely going to dig this. Okay. Because it's right up your alley and it's well executed and it's fun. And really, I always love to see Chris Evans on screen because he's always having fun. And he's in his career he's been asked to do some really crazy goofy stuff in these Marvel movies, yeah. you know. And but he's always like completely game and he's like, yeah, you want me to punch a red skull guy? I'll do that and have fun doing it. He doesn't care. Yeah. Uh, but here they give him a they give him a really creepy mustache and he gets to be a complete sociopath bad guy and uh, he's just having so much fun at it. And it's really infectious. That's cool. So yeah, it, like I said, it's if this is the kind of thing you would like if you like that kind of thing. Now, I, before I let you go, I did want to talk about Thor Love and Thunder, only because I went to see it in the movies last week and had a total blast. I know you wrote about it last week. What did you think about it? Yeah, I thought it was okay. I like Taika Waititi a lot. I love what we do in the shadows, which is absolutely kicking butt right now on TV. And I thought that he really saved the Thor character when he came on board and did Thor Ragnarok, which was the last solo Thor. Because he really let Chris Hemsworth be funny. And he's a funny guy. And once he, like, loosened him up, I thought that it, that, that it was a lot more energy than there had been. Because Thor was, like, he, Thor was fine when he was with everybody else in the Avengers. But he was the one guy who couldn't really sustain a solo movie. This one I didn't think was as good as Ragnarok. I thought it was a little more, a little con- confused. Because we had... The, the Jane, the Mighty Thor storyline, yeah. which is Thor's ex-girlfriend, who's played by Natalie Portman, becomes Thor, but like the new God of Thunder, but she's dying of cancer. And it's like that when she is able to wield Mjolnir, the hammer, she is she's big and strong and can fly and stuff. But when she doesn't have it, she's dying of cancer. That's an interesting story, but it's really heavy. And then we have this like comedy thing going on, too, at the same time. It's just these Marvel movies are just getting so messy. Yeah. So they have to serve so many masters at the same time. And we got to throw some plot in here and we got to make sure we have a cameo by who's the next big hero that's coming up. Right. So there's just they get real junky. There were three yeah. or four songs in there and a lot of references to Guns N' Roses. I know Sweet there Child was of a Mine, lot of, Paradise City, Estranged was in there. Even when there was a kid with a T-shirt. He wanted to call himself Axel. What is that? What's going on with that? Man, I, I don't know. I don't know. Guns N' Roses has a really good agent, yeah. a really good lawyer. I like Guns N' Roses. Those songs are terribly overplayed, but I think they worked in context. They you did, know? yeah. But the bottom line is, and Axel got paid a whole bunch of money. That's the bottom line. We can all sleep yeah. better tonight knowing that Axel Rose made some money off the, off the Thor movie. <laughs> Chris McCoy, he's our film and TV editor. Go out and see The Gray Man. It's in theaters. Go out and see Thor, Love and Thunder. It's at theaters also. Chris, thanks so much for what you do. Thanks, Tom.
Welcome to Memphis Flyer Burger Week. Your burger tree is up and decorated, hamburger carols have taken over the airwaves, and the children can't wait to find those condiment packets hidden by the burger bunny. All right, maybe not, but Burger Week is here, and the Flyer staff did some recon to get you ready. We ate burgers from 10 restaurants offering specials and some special burgers that they've cooked up for this most wonderful time of the year. We tried to eat the burger each restaurant will offer, and if they didn't have their special Burger Week burger, we ate something else to at least give you a flavor, if not a taste, of what you can expect. Merry Burger Week, y'all. Huey's world-famous Huey Burger. It might be a stretch to say the signature burger served at Huey's is known and loved across the globe. It's meat and bread, not Beyonce. But there's a reason why it's been voted Best Burger by Flyer Readers in our Best of Memphis poll since, like, ever. Despite their many accolades, I've heard people throw shade at Huey's Burgers because they're not the same as they used to be or something like that. I'd like to address this by asking, when's the last time you had one? Admittedly, for me, it had been a while. I hit the Poplar location regularly, but it's usually for a beer and a steak stick dinner. But the Huey's world-famous burger did not disappoint. It's exactly what you look for in a tried-and-true hamburger. A hefty hunk of beef, your choice of cheddar or Swiss cheese, and as many of the fixings as you'd like. Mayo, lettuce, tomato, mustard, pickle, onion, everything for me, please. On a buttered, toasted sesame seed bun. Upon first sight, the question, how wide can I open my mouth, arises. Appropriately, the whole shebang requires some good positioning to bite into. The fatty juice and gooey cheese drip into a pool in the paper-lined basket below as you work your way through, at the same time turning the bun into a bit of a slip-in slide for its contents. But you gotta get messy for a a good burger. This is America, and we're eating a world-famous burger here, guys. Seriously, though, it was really good. The meat was well-seasoned, those big steak fries killed it, per usual, and it paired well with a pint of Memphis-made summer frills, a limited edition golden ale only available on draft at Huey's locations. Get you some. I'm not usually a fan of the multiple meat burger. It's a gambit that seems like gilding the lily. It's not that I'm a beef purist. Far from it. You can make a good burger with anything from bison to ground turkey, and veggie burgers are their own diverse category. But generally, I think a burger should have a single protein patty, which all other ingredients complement. The Old Bridge Burger from Laughlin Yard made me rethink my priors. It's a fat Angus beef patty topped with a thin layer of saucy pulled pork, slaw, and a couple of lightly breaded onion rings. You're not going to be hungry after taking this mouth-stretching monster's full girth. Instead of effectively adding a second pork patty, the barbecue acts like a condiment, and every right-thinking Memphian knows that barbecue sauce is superior to ketchup. The pickles on the ground floor play well with the vinegar note from the queue, while the O-rings up top add a pleasing crunch without overpowering the rest of the stack. As with everything, balance is the key. This is John Sparks talking about Pimentos Burgers Bar and Grill. Now there's a nice array of burgers on the menu at Pimentos, and one in particular caught the eye and made the mouth water. The dirty, mean, and nasty. Now, we weren't able to sample the burger the bar and grill will offer for the Flyers Burger Week, but this intriguingly named dish promised to offer a foretaste of the delights to come. 
The menu says it's an Angus burger with cheddar cheese, honey pepper bacon, fried jalapenos, and sriracha aioli. The server confided that it was her favorite, so I made the commitment. When it was served, with a no-nonsense steak knife thrust through its heart, I was flummoxed. How do you even approach it to get a bite? It was big and round and mocking, daring you to try to chomp down. That knife was necessary to gain access, so I sawed at it and released the jalapenos. Fun bits with crunch, and it was not too overheated. The burger itself was flavorful, doing exactly what it meant to do in partnership with the cheddar and bacon. Pimentos offers several other burgers and sliders on the menu with a variety of touches. There's pimento, natch, avocado, scallions, fried egg, and fried onions. My only issue with the order was that it was a total lie. There was nothing dirty about it. It presented no meanness and was entirely unnasty, which is what we learned from that famous Aesop's fable moral that says, you can't tell a burger by its moniker, but you sure can stuff yourself on it. Grill Grabs Smokehouse Burger Grill Grabs is a food truck operated by La Kendrick and Danielle Chavers. It serves the holy pantheon of Memphis food, ribs, catfish, chicken wings, and it all looks amazing on their Facebook page. But my assignment was to try their smokehouse burger, and, well, let me see if I can just put this in layman's terms. Damn, y'all. This thing is a great pyramid of burgers, two smoky beef patties, crisp white onion slices, a tomato slice, lettuce, two slices of melty cheese, bacon, and your condiments of choice stacked between two halves of a soft sesame seed bun. It will fill both of your hands and your lap if you aren't careful. But don't spill any or you'll regret it. The thing that sets the Grill Grabs Burger apart is the smoky flavor that Kendrick gets from cooking the meat on an actual grill in the truck. It's got to be hot work, but creating art is never easy, right? This is a burger that tastes like something your pop might come up with on his backyard grill. Smoky, fresh, outdoorsy, and cooked with love. Now go get you one. This is Bruce Van Weingarten. Hey all, Sam Chichi here, and I got to try out Tenero Cafe and Butcher for the Memphis Flyer Burger Week. So, at Tenero, they have the Butcher's Burger, which is made using fresh ground beef straight from their in-house butcher shop, which is fantastic. So when you order, uh, don't expect just a little bit of beef. This baby boasts some double patty action. So, you know, if you're only a little bit hungry, avoid this, because this is a whole heck of a lot of food. So the two generous patties are sandwiched between a nice soft brioche bun, and they're dressed with American cheese. They got some arugula, caramelized onions, and pickles. The menu did say there's a bit of some secret sauce in there, but I wasn't quite able to pick up what that was. So again, what sets the butcher's burger apart is the quality of the beef, which is prepped fresh in-house. So pretty much every, you know, kind of meat dish you'll get at this place is awesome because they're just they're sourcing all this, you know, really high quality stuff and preparing it in-house per order. So with these patties, there's no toughness, no chewy exterior to power through. It's very soft, very tender, and, you know, it's just a simple, approachable, traditional American burger. Doesn't worry about any, you know, fancy bells or whistles. It's just, a, you know, a simple classic. All right, folks, that's going to do it for my half of Memphis Flyer Radio, the talk half of the show. But you got to stick around for the second half, the better half of the show. 
That's where our music editor, Alex Green, is going to be spinning you some records, telling you some tales, and he's going to sound great doing it too. I promise you, folks. All right, that's going to do it. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you back here next week. All right, Alex, take it away. Thank you. Thank you.